Greetings to those who watch below. Today we're going to be heading out again on our US paranormal Today we're going to be heading out again onto our paranormal tour of all the US states. Today we'll be hitting up South Dakota. But before we start, I'd like to say thank you to those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that gets you shoutouts at the start of every video. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M.A. Way, Julie B, Jess Black Curtain, Christina Groves, Chris BLK Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S, The Real CFED22, Alti Punisher 666, and also a very special thank you to our newest member, Tassos Keramaris. Welcome below. Now, if for some reason you can't get enough of the sound of my voice, I have been starting to do several audiobooks. I'll be giving you more details of those soon and also where you can find them. But for now, you can also find me on the creepypasta.com official YouTube channel. I'm also on Instagram at brimstone underscore below and on Facebook at the Brimstone Below Horror Channel. And of course, if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe to the channel, hitting that notification bell so that you never miss a video. But for now, sit back, relax and enjoy. The Thing by the River I never really believed in ghosts or anything supernatural before I had this experience with my friends. I have a lot of stories my friends would consider supernatural, but this one still scares me to this day. Even though it happened months ago, I still think about it all the time. The fact that we never found out what the thing was really bothered me. Over the summer, me, my mom, and a couple friends of mine all went to Sturgis, South Dakota because my mum took on an assignment there as she's a travelling nurse. We stayed there the entire summer and a little bit of the school year. My mum rented a house with her roommate, while me and my three friends all lived in a house down the street from my mum's. A few months passed and things were pretty good in South Dakota. The people were all nice, the nature was breathtaking and there was nothing but positive vibes. That all took a very dramatic turn one day when my mum and Michelle were eating lunch at the Knuckle Saloon, a world-famous bar and grill located in Sturgis. My friends and I decided to drive 30 minutes to Rapid City to go shopping since we had just gotten our allowances from our parents and one of my friends is old enough to drive. So we drove to Rapid City and go shopping for a few hours until she decides that she's bored and wants to go exploring since that was only our second time in Rapid City. We leave them all and drive around for an hour or so until we find a beautiful waterfall hidden behind a bunch of trees and huge boulders. So she parks the car and we all get out to take pictures of the waterfall. We all ended up staying there for more than 15 minutes because we ended up hiking around the waterfall to take more pictures. One of my friends decides that she wants to explore on her own to take her own pictures for her Instagram, so she wanders off and we don't think anything of it. My other friend who drove us there and I are still taking pictures with our cameras and are on Snapchat bragging to everybody about our view, when all of a sudden we hear a blood-curdling scream coming from the opposite end of the waterfall. We kind of just look at each other completely shook and unsure of what to do. So we run towards the direction of the scream, and we see our other friend in the river 
confused as to how she got there. So we run down the hill and to her to see what was wrong. She didn't say a single word. She just points towards a bunch of trees. So we both look in the direction she's pointing and see a black figure. I couldn't make out what it was, but they swear up and down that it wasn't human or alive. It had the body of a little girl, but we couldn't see the face. It was completely black. As soon as I saw the figure, I ran down the hill to help my friend up and over the railing, and we all ran to the car and drove off. Later that night, I decided to ask her what happened and how she managed to fall over the railing, down the hill and into the river. She told me that she was leaning over the railing to get photos of the river, when all of a sudden she feels someone tap on her back. She thought it was either me or our other friend and doesn't think much of it, so she continues to take pictures of the river, when all of a sudden she felt someone forcefully push her over the railing. She went tumbling down the hill and into the river. She says that she looked up to see what had pushed her, and it was the figure of a little girl. She couldn't see the face or anything because it was completely black. So she stands up and starts screaming at the girl, which we couldn't hear because we were on the other side of the waterfall. These were her exact words. I stood up to ask the thing that pushed me why it did that, when all of a sudden it comes flying at my face, literally flying. I fell back down and started weeping and crying, calling for you guys. I don't know what that thing was, but I definitely know it wasn't human. I brush it off, thinking it was a bunch of nonsense and that she was only trying to scare me. Until the next day, when we drove past the waterfall with my mum to go see Mount Rushmore, and my mum pulls up a news article about a little girl who drowned in the river a year ago. I get shivers down my back and goosebumps immediately. She was telling the truth all along. What did we see? Was it the little girl or was it just our nerves playing tricks on us? I'll never know what it was, but I have some pretty good ideas as to what it could have been. The Takuhi South Dakota is a rather empty state. Smaller settlements are more common. It is unusual then to say that South Dakota is oddly devoid of cryptids. The state has a large amount of haunted roads, forests and buildings, but a surprising lack of monster legends. South Dakota, however, is home to a very special Bigfoot that goes by the name Takuhi. Bigfoot generally stick to rural forested areas which they find it easier to hide in. They are often referred to as forest giants and can be construed as protectors or guardians of forests, as their attacks seem to be primarily focused on driving people away from certain areas. The Takuhi, on the other hand, is mostly seen in wide open areas, dragging dead prey behind him or simply staring at witnesses. There are many mysterious deaths linked to the eight-foot monster, though those who have actually seen it and survived never mention anything about feeling threatened. Oddly, Takuhi is linked with the mutilation of many farm animals, which isn't something generally associated with Bigfoot. Animals, usually young calves, would be found with their sexual organs removed and blood completely drained from the bodies. 
South Dakota has had its fair share of UFO sightings, so it might have been possible that they were responsible for these things. But those who saw the mutilations firsthand did not describe the damage as being precise or with the ever-present chemical smell that is consistent with most cases of alien abductions and cattle mutilations. Wild animals too have fallen victim to this brutal treatment. It is the sightings of Takuhi dragging mutilated animal carcasses that has led the locals to believe it to be responsible. Many believe this Bigfoot-like creature inhabits a small stretch of woodlands at Seeker Hollow. Seeker itself means bad or evil, and has been referred to as such long before South Dakota was settled by Europeans. In the 1970s, people went missing from the area, which sought to remind those nearby to avoid that place at all costs, especially the native Sioux and other native tribes. There was another instance where campers disappeared in another part of the state as well, but that one is still a complete mystery, and there is no evidence that Takuhi or any other sort of spirit did anything to them. They were simply gone. Interestingly enough, the stories of Takuhi are leading in an unexpected direction. With the rise in teen suicides, the locals have begun to tell stories of a nine-foot being that sneaks into towns and urges teenagers to kill themselves. It is believed that this is the native's way of coping with this new and terrible problem, by dressing it up as a tangible demon that can be seen and heard, rather than a psychological problem in young men and women. This, however, does not explain why some people have actually been seeing this spirit. There are even tapes where he has been allegedly caught on camera. This interpretation of Takuhi paints him in a more spiritual light, like a demon or spectre. He appears where there are teenagers and whispers lies to them in order to bring them to an early grave. He is supposedly a dapperly dressed gentleman with a stovepipe hat and long coat. In some tales, he is said to be over ten feet tall, peering into second-story windows. Whole apartment buildings have reported seeing him poking around the area. There is no description of his face, but in some stories he is said to be a normal-looking older man, while in others he is said to have no face whatsoever. Sometimes he isn't referred to as Takohi at all, and is instead known as Walking Sam. Whether these are separate entities or the same thing, it is impossible to say. The natives who have seen him will tell you that they are different, but many experts on legends and native lore will tell you that it is most likely it is the same legend going through changes to adapt to modern times. Whatever Walking Sam may be, there are many sightings and police reports of a tall man in a stovepipe hat, but there are equally many sightings of a more beastly figure in some of the rural areas. In the early 1980s, several officers were called out on multiple occasions to investigate a tall man outside of various buildings. One time they arrived at the scene to find a whole family holed up in a fort made of couches and whatever furniture they could find. Once calmed down, they told the police that they had gone to let their dogs through the front door and had spotted an impossibly tall man in their yard standing beside one of their cars. The witness said that his hips were over the roof of the car, and the dogs were reacting with a great deal of fear 
at the sight of him. It was enough for them to call the police and take whatever precautions they could within their own home. In 2007, there were several sightings of a large man causing a ruckus near the town of Pine Ridge. Officers called to the scene recorded footprints of up to 13 inches in length and 8 inches across. They even caught a glimpse of a pair of gleaming eyes watching them from the tree line while responding to one call, and often they would smell a putrid, musky odour in the areas that sightings took place. All of this points to Bigfoot, but one detail still sticks out. Witnesses described the creature they saw as not having a face, and sometimes, despite its beastly appearance, it would be wearing a hat. A stovepipe hat. It is all very strange, and with more sightings reported each year, Walking Sam and Takuhi are unlikely to fade from native folklore anytime soon. A Ghost in a Funeral Home One night, me and my friends were cruising downtown in my 91 Buick, which is a big old boat of a car, so it is very hard to push, when all of a sudden, the car started to shake very violently and stalled. I tried to turn the key not once, but three or four times, and the engine was dead silent. It wouldn't even turn over when I turned the key. It was about 9 or 9.30 when this happened. None of us had a cell phone, so we were obviously going to have to walk for help. We got out of the car, turned on the hazards, and pushed it to the curb, and we started walking in search of a phone. It was kind of a rainy night, which made it ten times worse. We walked down a couple of blocks, and the only place in sight that could maybe possibly let us use their phone was a funeral home, and by that point it was pouring down, so we really had no other option. All four of us jogged up to the doors of the home, shook what water we could off of ourselves, and walked in the doors. Thank God it was open. The blonde woman in her forties was sitting at the front desk. As soon as we walked in, she asked, May I help you? We told her our car died about two blocks away, and this was the only place within walking distance to use a phone. She sat and stared at us for a few seconds, and finally said, I can let you use the phone in the break room if you want to do that. Then she took my friend Andy into the break room to use the phone. While he was gone, the rest of us were waiting in the lobby, trying to get warm. I was checking out all the pictures and stuff on the walls, when I noticed the viewing rooms. I started to walk towards what I was pretty sure was a chapel, but stopped dead in my tracks when I saw a tall, kind of husky man with a little white hair on his head standing at the very front of the chapel. He was dressed in a suit that looked almost vintage, like something from the 70s, his eyes had heavy dark bags under them. I thought maybe he was a worker or something, so I really didn't think much of it. I started to inch closer to the front of the room. He didn't move. He didn't even move his eyes. The closer I got, the paler he looked. It almost looked like he was transparent. All of a sudden, I got a very uneasy feeling and froze in the middle of the aisle. I had goosebumps on my arms and I couldn't move. I finally got the balls to move closer. The man still didn't move, not a muscle. I stopped again. Just then, I heard my friend shout my name. I spun around as fast as I could because he scared me. 
he told me a tow truck was on its way, and so was his mum. I nodded my head, and turned to look at the man again, only to find he had disappeared. In the two seconds I had turned my back, he was completely gone. I walked up to the woman at the front desk, and asked if there was a way to get out of the chapel in the front, and she looked at me very puzzled and said, No, the only way out is the doors you just came out of. Then she asked me, Why? I said, The guy working here just scared the crap out of me. She looked at me puzzled again and said, Honey, I'm the only one still here. I couldn't believe it. I quickly thanked her and practically ran out of there. My friends asked what was wrong. I told them what had happened, and they said they felt really uneasy just waiting in the lobby. We were all truly freaked out by this, and I will never set foot in that place again. Spook Road For years, there has been a road south of Brandon known as Spook Road. Driving Spook Road at night was a rite of passage for teens. It was said that the place was closely tied to the occult. Satanic cults were said to have frequented this lonely road, which goes by the more conventional name of 264th Street. Animal sacrifices were said to have been evident, as well as satanic symbols drawn in the dirt and inscribed on trees and bridges. Spook Road was a narrow three-mile stretch of dirt road that wound through a heavily wooded area. On a summer's day, it was a pleasant country road to enjoy. On a late fall or winter evening, a foreboding stretch of serpentine road that offered no clue as to what was around the next corner. The headlights of a car would cast shadows that might seem to jump from tree to tree. From the corner of one's eye, a spirit could perhaps be seen near the treetops. The canopy of craggy, ancient cottonwood branches looming overhead seemed to reach lower and lower farther into the woods. An old graveyard would come into sight while the wind picked up, sending dry leaves rattling over the road in front of you, adding to the ambience. Spook Road was a great place to frighten one's friends. Ghost stories could be told along its length, legends of what happened along this road. Some would drive it without their headlights, making the danger all the more real. It said that while driving west from the graveyard, a dark spirit could be seen following. Somewhere along the line of the legend, it was rumoured that placing a donut on one's hood ornament, or later on the antenna, before the drive would result in a bite being taken from the pastry by the end. In late 1978, rumours circulated about cults moving into the Brandon area. It was said that the heads of chickens, goats and mannequins had been found hanging from a bridge along Spook Road. Fears were rekindled about animal mutilations that occurred in eastern South Dakota in the early 1970s. It was reported by the Argus leader at the time that no reason was ever given for the incidents in which cattle carcasses were found, killed in an apparently ritualistic manner, with certain body organs missing. This reporting only served to boost the reputation of Spook Road as a foreboding hotspot for dark spirits, but it was not to be eternal. In 2015, the Split Rock Township began a program of clearing the hundred-year-old cottonwoods from the side of Spook Road. From a perspective of public safety, it made sense to not have the trees near to a road.
the project progressed for a time before local residents raised the alarm and complained about the township removing all the spooky from their road. The removal was for a time stopped. There were concerns not only about the removal of ambience, but that the removal of the trees might prevent erosion in the event of flooding. In March of 2019, there was excessive flooding in the area after significant rainfall made the banks of Split Rock Creek and the Big Sioux River overflowed. This made 264th Street unstable, and parts of it eroded enough to necessitate blocking part of the road. Today, Spook Road is blocked at its halfway point when approaching from the west. As a result of the lack of traffic, untravelled parts of Spook Road are being overtaken by the nature around it. Perhaps the cottonwood trees will start filling in again to rebuild their canopy over the road. Soon, after the road has been repaired, perhaps the Satanists will return to dance naked once again in the moonlight. Or maybe the teenagers will return to resume their rites of passage. Old Graveyard Ghosts We moved into our house in 1977. It was a two-year-old modular home. No one has ever died in our house. However, we live on property that was once the Evergreen Cemetery. Our lot, actually, is on part of the cemetery that was called Potter's Field, and was for people who were too poor to have regular headstones and a normal burial. Neighbours of ours have also had some very strange happenings in their homes. My husband worked nights. I was alone in the house with a young child a lot of the time. I used to feel a cold come over me when I was sitting in the living room reading, but I thought nothing of it and would just grab a blanket. I would always feel that someone was in the house with me, but I knew it was just me and my son. About two years later, I had another child. My older son refused to sleep in any room of the house except where I was, so I let him sleep with me and the baby. I would awake in the middle of the night and hear a baby crying. I would look at my baby son, who was sleeping peacefully in the cradle beside my bed, and he was not crying. My two-year-old was also sleeping peacefully in the bed and was not crying either. The crying came from across the hall in another bedroom. I got up and went in, and the crying stopped. This happened regularly. Then, the toilet in our second bathroom started flushing in the middle of the night. I told my husband, and he checked it and said that there was nothing wrong with the plumbing. He thought I was crazy. One night, when he was actually home sleeping, it flushed, and he was amazed. Once, I purchased two very pretty sundresses, one pink and one blue, that needed altering before wearing. I took the pink one and altered it, but left the blue one in the shopping bag and put it on the top shelf of my closet. When I went back a few days later to get it, it was gone. I looked everywhere completely went through the entire closet and never found it. I even accused my husband of throwing it in the trash. He denied it. Finally, I gave up, resigned to the fact it was gone. One night, I placed my keys on the kitchen counter instead of putting them in my purse as I usually did. The next morning, my keys were gone. We looked everywhere and never found them. The children would not sleep in one of the bedrooms, so I put them both together in one. They were okay, 
as long as they were together, but they would not sleep separately. One evening after they went to bed, I was in the living room reading. I heard the voice of a young child and that of a young woman. The TV or radio were not on. No one was in the house but me and my children. I looked up, and there in the hallway was a beautiful young woman in a long grey dress. She was holding the hand of a little boy of three or four years of age, who was wearing very balloony type short pants. I got up to go to them, and they vanished. Now I thought I was really going insane, and of course couldn't tell anyone. I saw them many times after that. The toilet also kept flushing, and things kept moving around in the house. In the meantime, I talked to the neighbours, and they had told me that we lived on what used to be an old cemetery, and that several of the neighbours had strange things happening to them also. I told them about what had happened, and they were not shocked at all and believed me. I learned to live with the young woman and her child. They never harmed me or my children. The boys never said they saw anything, and my husband still thought I was crazy. About ten years passed, and my husband decided to build a closet in our large living room. He put up the framework, put in a shelf and a rod, panelling all around it, and installed a door. We used this closet for our coats and things like that when we came in from outdoors. Throughout the years, it accumulated a lot of stuff, and soon was overflowing. Eventually, I decided to clean out the closet, and took everything out and put it in the living room, separating what I decided to give to the Salvation Army. I saw something at the back of the shelf, crunched up in the corner. I got a step stool and was very surprised to see what it was. It was the bag with the blue sundress in it, tags on it and everything, just like when I had brought it. It was impossible. That closet was not even in existence when the dress went missing. Then I started smelling cigarette smoke when I was reading late at night. Nobody smoked in the house. I felt like someone was looking over my shoulder from behind, and I smelled the smoke. I eventually saw a man in the house. He was tall, and wore strange looking clothes. He was walking away from me down the hallway. I ran after him, thinking someone was in the house and could be harming my children, who were almost teenagers by now. But he vanished. Of course, I couldn't tell anyone other than my neighbour friends. I told my husband, and he laughed at me. I no longer sense the woman and child in the house, but I smell the smoke and feel the presence of the man. I'm not fearful, we live peacefully together at the moment. I guess that these poor souls who were buried in unmarked graves just felt comfortable in my home. I assume the woman and her son finally found what they were looking for, and passed to the other side. The man, he is still here, and we have lived in this house for 35 years. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to leave a like and also subscribe to the channel, making sure you hit that notification bell so that you never miss a video. I'll be back tomorrow for another terrifying video. So, until next time, sleep tight. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.